Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Blue wire. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the last. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some rhythm. And he got it. Young Roll continues to wear him out. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. Carter Rodriguez is away. He's doing Gamergate-type stuff. I, I don't really know the details because I don't listen to what he does. Uh, but with me today, Phil and co-host Ryan Morton. Mort is back in the house. How's it going, buddy? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm actually happy that you're here instead of Carter because I mean, we have... Ever. We, you know, true, true. But we have one of the more exciting Cavs games that I can remember in a little while here. And seeing as he's not somebody that watches the games, I, I think it's a, a little bit better than you and I get to talk about this one. Yeah, no, he actually was just messaging me yesterday asking, you know, who half of the players were. Um, <laughs> so that, that definitely makes a lot more sense. He'll lie. I, I promise you he'll never fess up to it. Um, and I, I don't have any proof, but you, you can trust me on that. Did he ask you who that number 13 is? He did, actually. He said 13 <laughs> and 0. Are those the guys they just drafted? Which one's Ke- uh, Kevin Porter? And I said, no, man. No. So, but, I mean, it's fine. He's, um, uh, yeah, I don't know what he does either. He's <laughs> making movies with Shakira or something. Yeah, it, it's something along those lines. But, yes, the, the Cavs – essentially blew out the Pacers. Um, I I was really impressed because not only did they get out to a big lead on a good team, they kind of withstood absolutely every single run throughout this game. The the Pacers made multiple attempts at coming back. They're a very talented team, and the Cavs just seem to have an answer over and over again. And as you alluded to, um, that pairing of Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love was a big, big part of the, uh, the result. Yeah, right. Like, um, and, and I think that's two games in a row. So the game against Orlando definitely got away from them. But you have two games now where you've seen five guys, um, Darius, Colin, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and, and Jetty Osmond. Jetty has, you know, probably of those five played the worst through two right. games, I would say. Um, but he has his moments. 
but but you have five guys that that when they've been on the court in both of these games they've shown they can play and they and they play pretty well together and it's someone who you know for jetty to be the most effective um he probably needs to be third or fourth in the pecking order of doing things and when mm-hmm. you have two point guards and kevin love you can make that happen so um you i, I think they have you know, at least found one group of guys who can play and can play together as they try to make something happen with Clarkson or um, yeah, it, it's or Nance, you know, kind of around that. Yeah, it's funny with Jetty. It, it wasn't like he was actively harmful against the Pacers, but on a night where you have Kevin Love having a great game, you have Tristan Thompson probably having one of his best offensive games as a, a Cavalier, hitting the first three-pointer of his career. Um, he just kind of got forgotten about. And the one thing I kind of noticed was that he wasn't necessarily moving off ball as much as we've seen in the past. And he's really going to need to be assertive when other guys are rolling because this Bayline offense really, really does move the ball well. And it creates opportunities for anyone that's making intelligent off ball plays. And I, I think that's something that we saw with Tristan Thompson, that that's probably one of the biggest strengths that he has offensively is kind of finding those passing lanes off ball. And Jetty's going to have to do the same things. I mean, it's good that he's out there spotting up, but uh, he needs to make sure that he's bringing the energy at all times. Yeah, I mean, his most value, other than a spot-up shooter, would probably be as a cutter. Right. Um, and he wasn't really doing a lot of that. But, you know, when you have two big guys on the floor, there's also not as much space to cut. And you probably can't have him in the paint or you know near the paint if you're going to have – Kevin Love holding the ball and Tristan Thompson on the court at the same time. So there may be, you know, a little something to him being more stagnant. Um, and it's just something that, that there would be need to be more evidence of, I guess. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And I, I think we do need to talk a little bit about Tristan Thompson, though, because this is now two really, really good games. Um, on the defensive end, he looks healthy. He looks like the Tristan Thompson that we're kind of, we were used to seeing for a while there and then just kind of went away after he got banged up in 2017. Um, but o- offensively, he's really showing a, a lot of good touch and uh, he, he's making a lot of great plays out there. And it's funny, <laughs> I said this earlier today, but it really kind of feels like the the happy learn how to putt moment in, in Happy Gilmore because if he's really showing the, this touch and going out there and, and contributing in this way, obviously he's not going to score 20 points per game for the, the rest of the season. I don't think that pace is going to keep up. But if he keeps finishing at this rate, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him. And, and I think that starts raising some interesting questions about what this team does with him moving forward. Right. And I think that's the reason that, um, you know, to open a can of worms that nobody asked about, I think that's the reason that you don't trade a guy like Kevin Love mm-hmm. because I think part of the reason that you see this level of comfort from Tristan Thompson is he's playing next to the guy, you know, he's played with Kevin for years. They, they both yeah. know each other really well. Uh, he finally had a summer to just work out and get healthy and take a break as opposed to playing, you know, almost into August for the fifth year in a row. Um, and you yeah. see, you know, shooters. I, you know, Colin is somebody who I think in in two games we've shown a lot of respect or, or defenses have shown a lot of respect for his shot. Yeah. And, um, you know, Terry Scarborough looks great. 
doesn't look like, <laughs> really you know, he's not like Chris Paul or anything out there, but you're seeing he has a, a command of pace that I don't think you see in a lot of 19 year olds. No, it, a lot of, a lot of composure, especially with the, the guards that we've kind of been used to having on the Cavs the last couple of years. Right. And I think all that kind of factors in like he has, you know, two pretty solid pick and roll guards. He has two shooters. He has Kevin. He has, you know, he's played with Jetty for a while. So in mm-hmm. that extra time. So I think, you know, that's where it gets tricky because I think that you build a brand by keeping your best historical players and guys that mean a lot to your franchise. And they're kind of in a tricky spot because I, I think they should keep Kevin until he retires. Yeah. And- I, I mean, you, you look at, it's funny because the Cavs and Warriors, we played four straight finals against each other. Now both teams really have no chance at a title and both teams have a 30 year old, uh, 31 year old all-star. And I mean, the, the Cavs are kind of in a different situation because at least we have a young core, whereas the Warriors might have to look at trading stuff. You know, actually, let's restock the cupboard. I, shouldn't we right. have the same conversation with all 31-year-old All-Stars? Well, yeah, I mean, if you know, exactly. If you're not going to contend, um, and by you the have time to tear they it down. draft somebody, you know, by the time they draft somebody, his, uh, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. you got to make that move if someone will take on the contract. Um, exactly exactly you know, please please click like and retweet um, <laughs> speaking but, of age speaking of age so I want to I don't want to move away from Tristan Thompson yet I, I I think you made a good point about how him and Kevin Love had been so successful in the past and um, obviously when he's looking more polished offensively that makes the tandem a little more potent uh, on the offensive end but when you really look at it, so last year, those two only played nine games together. They've already played two this season. And, and I think that was something that wasn't discussed enough um, with this Cavs team. Um, I do think, obviously, health is going to be the biggest factor for how this team performs moving forward. Um, but at the same time, Tristan is only a year older than Buddy Heald, who is viewed as a young piece. Hey, he, he fits really well with De'Aaron Fox. Obviously, you extend Buddy Heald. Tristan is obviously not going to cost you Buddy Heald money, but when you look at him out there, he really does help open things up for both Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. And to me, I, I think that kind of has to be factored into team building, especially when Larry Nance, guy he extended, is now exclusively a power forward, and that's the position he wants to play and, and seems to do well with his bench unit. I'm kind of in favor and I've been in favor of keeping him around. I'm, I want to keep any veterans that are good, both in the locker room and help these young guys develop. I, yeah. I mean, I don't see how, I just think it'd be crazy, you know, to move them from, from a lot of different standpoints. And one of which is, you know, he's a veteran, not just a veteran, but a guy who's been here and can, you know, kind of impart what it means to play here mm-hmm. and some of the challenges you might face, some of the things you need to know about. But yeah. And someone who actually likes it. Like, at every turn, he said he loves it and he, you know, loves being around. That's and... that's the big thing. He's bought in, right? Like, <laughs> if he wasn't engaged and if you didn't see – like, it's evident that he is a vocal leader on this team. But <laughs> I, you, you hear it from all the beat guys, but you actually, like, you see it. He's – He's standing up on the bench. He's calling things out. He's he's talking to the guards when when they come to the sideline. Um, he he's that kind of involved leader, and I, I think that's something really important because we saw with Kyrie and Dion 
what happens when young guards don't have anybody to help with mentorship uh, roles. And obviously they're, they're different personalities, but I think that's something that Kobe Altman realized. And I think that's something even David Griffin, when you look at the team he's building in uh, New Orleans, I think he learned from some of those mistakes. And that's why he went out and got veterans like Derek Favors and J.J. Redick. Right. No. And I would agree. And I think, you know, that's why you keep – you only have two guys, three if you count Delhi. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's not like out of, out of rudeness to him, but – He's just not in the same class of players as Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. Right. And, you know, you have two guys. You have – and the Nance extension kind of puts him in a tricky spot. But given mm-hmm. who his father was, I mean, he's pretty good. You know, yeah. it's not like he doesn't deserve $11 million. Yeah. Um, does he and another another good locker room guy. And as I mentioned, I, I really do actually like him with the second unit creating opportunities right. for guys. And he wants to be here. Like, you know, yeah. we're this is Cleveland. And it, it might sound a little bit defeatist to say but at the end of the day in small markets like you probably need to invest in guys if, if they're good you invest in guys that wants to be around mm-hmm. um and it just i don't know he's still one of the best pick and roll players in the league he's yep. still one of the best interior defenders in the league he's still one of the best rebounders in the league i mm-hmm. think it'd be insane to get rid of him to get more lottery picks to maybe get a guy that in four years would be just as good. And right. I mean, we said the same thing. I was against moving Andrew Wade for Kevin Love. That was a dumb sell, dumb <laughs> sell take on my part. Man, so, I, mean, I remember so being are, so, you know, I remember being so panicked about him. Like, I love Kevin Love. He's one of my favorite players. Obviously, that's a clear, uh, clear number two for LeBron. So you got LeBron, Kevin Love, and then Kyrie can kind of be the third guy. I'm just worried that without Wiggins, we're just not going to be able to put together a defense that could win a title. And right. <laughs> that, exactly. that was my thought process. <laughs> and, and I think that should be like a real learning. It was a learning moment for me. I have not said anything. I've said some dumb stuff and nothing that dumb in a long time. And so here we are again. You can trade Tristan Thompson for a couple of late first round picks. Um, you know, your last yeah. two late first round picks were Dylan Windler, haven't seen him, Kevin Porter Jr., who is another person that I think overall has not played well, but he's done some things that mm-hmm. uh, are worth being excited about. You know, he had two blocks and he got his hands on a couple of their, a couple deflections yesterday um, that there are some defensive instincts there that I think could be, you know, I, I it's a good that, That's going to be a big thing in determining what his, his ceiling is with this team. Right. Uh, it, you know. I, I, I like – it's funny because he is a guy that goes out there and gets his own buckets, and I actually think he could learn a little bit from Clarkson when he has kind of made up his mind that, okay, I'm, I'm, I have a mismatch. I want to take this guy. Um, just looking at Clarkson's craftiness, his footwork, and all that kind of stuff, because he has the skill to pull a lot of stuff off. He's just got a bigger and stronger body. Um, but I, I do like when he's out there. He's not a ball stopper. He he does kind of keep the ball moving on the perimeter. Uh, there, there's a few occasions where he kind of makes his mind up that he's going to go score. But in general, he, he's someone that's going to keep the ball moving and right. seems to play within the team. And, and to me, that's encouraging because he is crazy, crazy young, even for a rookie. Right. And, and I think that's another great point about keeping, you know, Kevin and Tristan around. Um, he's crazy young for a rookie. Garland is 19. Mm-hmm. You know, Sexton is still very young. These guys are playing big minutes in competitive games already, you know, with, with two guys that know how to win that 
can impart, you know, that they can tell them what their mistakes are, tell them what they did wrong, tell them, you know, why they choked the game away, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and I don't think, I just think there's a lot of value to that. And that's not, you know, easy to show as a data point or point to and say, ah, ha, see, but it's also not guaranteed that, you know, as you amass these picks, it's all going to work out. You know, the theory that you give yourself so many shots, I get it. It makes sense. Um, you know, there's the beautiful thing about basketball is there's a million ways to do it. And oh, absolutely. And, and think, luck is a major factor, no matter right. how you're building the team. I mean, look I mean, at the Knicks. They could have Zion, but they don't. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my big thing is, so I, I picked this team to win 27 games coming into the year. And I think... For the stretch, the games that Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson are healthy, I think they're going to win at a clip higher than that. I, I think they're going to play like maybe a 35 win team or even maybe close, getting closer to that 500 marker And if, if we're getting really, really crazy and optimistic. But those guys in all likelihood, you just kind of have to factor in them missing some time. Um, but I think even if it just means, hey, they lose more close games, I think those losses have – more opportunities for the young guys to learn. You're going out and you're playing meaningful minutes and making mistakes when it's a five-point game and it's coming down to the wire. Learning from those mistakes are better than making a, a turnover in the last five minutes of a game when you're down 25 and there's no real stakes to it. Like I, I think learning to make the right decisions and play winning basketball, even if it isn't coming with a winning record, I, I think that has a lot of value when it comes to player development. Right. And what did, what did Colin say last year? Right. He said um, part of the reason that he changed his game was all the veterans were yelling at him. Right. So, you know, coaches can only do so much. Uh, we, I think we have, oh, sorry for that. Um, mm. I, I think we have enough data now to point to the fact that, Hey, veteran guys on the bench are just as impactful in a lot of, scenarios to, to player development as you know a fair number of coaches like it's they take that criticism and that guidance from peers a lot better than they do from coaches even though you know even the guys that take it from coaches they take it from a lot of places um mm-hmm. i just think there's a lot of value in that speaking of colin i've been pretty impressed so just like Kevin Porter Jr. is kind of making some of the right team decisions and moving the basketball and trying to play within that team concept. The effort is really there from Sexton on the defensive end. Um, Jetty have noticed as well. Um, they, they seem to be playing with a purpose out there. They still sometimes are, are making the wrong decisions or they're a little too aggressive. Uh, Jetty has kind of come tried to provide help defense when he doesn't necessarily need to and left his guy open. Um, or, or jump the passing lane, something like that. But um, Sexton in particular, you can tell that he really wants to be a good defender. And I think that's important because he, he does have the, the wingspan and the frame to, to be one. Um, that's obviously big, going to man. come with – pardon me? <laughs> he got big. Yeah, huge, he, yeah, he was so he skinny last year, man. He definitely bulked up from last year. And I, my whole thing with this team is just – you know what? It might not work long-term. Who knows? Maybe 
Kevin Porter Jr. ends up being the starting shooting guard for this team and, or, and Sexton loses his job or, or maybe even Sexton becomes so good, he, he's even better than Garland. We, we have no idea. But there's no reason to limit it this time. We don't have enough guys where um, you're benching Sexton now. Like him and Garland together are the, the best option for this team. And um, given his work ethic, I think you got to kind of let him cook and, and figure things out. And um, even though the efficiency isn't necessarily there yet, I think he's making better decisions on when to shoot, when to pass. Uh in transition he really pushes the pace but he doesn't force it if the defense gets set up he he brings it back out and, and lets them set up their offense and um i mean really looking at it at some point the Cavs are going to play a team that isn't projected to be a playoff team and a good defense um but that's exactly what orlando indiana and soon milwaukee that's exactly what these teams are eventually we're going to play a non-playoff team and i'm kind of excited to see how we look in those games Right, and, you know, he's done uh, two things that he did last year. He's continued to do, right? He still um, is getting to the basket, and he's getting fouled more going to the basket. It's only two games, but he's, you know, taking five free throws per game as opposed to three, Right. and he's hitting threes. So he's only shooting like 30-something percent from the floor. He's up at like 45% from three, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, and both of his shots – so both of his shots yesterday are were catch-and-shoot threes, mm-hmm. uh, one from Kevin, one from Darius Garland. So – And he had know, a couple finishes at the rim coming off ball too. Exactly. So he's – you know, he's identified himself as someone with elite NBA speed. He's, he can still get down the floor. He can get to the basket. And he is – has been reliable as a catch-and-shoot shooter, which is what you want if Garland and Love are going to have the ball a lot. Um, so I, I think there's definite positive signs there, you know, along with how hard he works and, you know, some growth defensively, it's hard to tell just because Garland is so lost on mm-hmm. defense and they're still yeah. defending well with him on the floor. Um, but I think once you see like Milwaukee or maybe some better teams, I mean, Orlando just ran a back pick on him every time. And I think they scored like six times in a row with yeah. him just kind of looking around, you know, it's his first game, not surprising. Oh, exactly. Um, I I do like them as a tandem, though. I I like that after stops, they they try to find Sexton, and he'll go out there and push the pace. Um, And while Sexton, I I think at this point, Sexton's clearly a better defensive player than Garland, um, which, again, guy in his second year versus rookie year, and and Sexton just projects to be a better defender than him in general. Uh, Garland definitely has better feel, and, and he seems to oh, be man. really, really mature in the half court. Uh, Trevor Magnotti actually made a good point, which there was a few people um, in draft Twitter, Mike Schmitz, all that, that seemed to think that his passing numbers at, at Vanderbilt were just him making the right basketball decision. And it was all related to his teammates. This is a guy that made good passes when they were available, but um, it was kind of hidden that he is a, a very good passer. And he looks good. Like, not just good for a rookie. He, he looks like a legitimately good passer. And, and that's something that, along with Sexton kind of showing a little bit of growth on the def- defensive end, that really is a good sign for them being able to work as a tandem at some point. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there was a play in the second quarter. So two plays that have stood out, you know, um, one was against Orlando. He found, and, and Jetty missed the shot, but Garland got all the way to the hoop, 
saw Jetty behind him, you know, with nobody nearby, um, which is an insanely hard pass to make. Mm-hmm. It was like a, you know, kind of an over-the-head type of joint. And it, it was a good pass. Jetty missed a shot. But the other one, and, and I know you just watched the game a little earlier, as did I. Yeah. Um, he had the alley-oop to Tristan Thompson. And the, like, you know, the, the half-second pause, hesitation dribble to set up that alley-oop lane for Tristan was an incredibly veteran move. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, and it's not something you see Colin Sexton do. He's 100% speed all the time. And, and that move to kind of slow down, pull in Tristan's defender with a hesitation and then take one more dribble and lob the pass. Um, that that's a seasoned, you know, that that's seeing the game on a veteran level. So I, I thought that was really impressive and a really good sign. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I pointed out one play where Sexton, I, I think he had Turner one-on-one, and he ended up getting by him, getting to the rim. He left his feet, which wasn't ideal, but he kicked it out to Jetty, who swung it. I, I think it was to Kevin Porter, who then swung it to Garland, and he hit yes. that shot at the top of the arc. And, like, that's just beautiful ball movement. And I, I got to give Bayline a lot of credit because the ball movement through these two games against very good defenses really, really sticks out. Like – it's now, if we had one of those sequences over the last couple of years, that would be like the, the highlight of the year of, oh my God, the Cavs are finally moving the basketball. But now that's starting to become the norm where a lot of guys are touching it every single possession. Uh, I thought his rotations were better this game. They got Kevin Love involved in a big way. Uh, Lo- Love's passing. It, it looks he's being utilized as a passer, which was something that we've been asking for for years. And obviously, the change in personnel uh, is a big part of that. Um, the the kind of isolation basketball that the Cavs played through those contending years was really, really effective, and that was historically good offenses. But when you don't have that same level of talent, this is this is the right decision. And the the fact that Garland and Sexton offensively don't look awkward right off the bat like they, they're moving well off ball and uh they, they seem to play well together it doesn't just feel like your turn my turn that is crazy that that's really really impressive with two young guards oh yeah and um and you know they're giving him the ball in crunch time they kevin found garland uh i think the pacers were within 10 they might have been within eight the <laughs> late three um hit that three i know the Cavs had 103 i think the pacers they might have had 98 they might have had yeah 98. i think that extended it to 11 yeah yeah so you know they're looking for him in big moments they're you know kind of mobbing him a little bit um after he made the shot uh, it's been good like they i think that five fits really well and you know now this the struggle is a colin's 21 garland's 19 you know jetty should be fine. He's in his third full season. Yeah. But um, it, it, know, it feels like his second full season because right. la- last year was almost essentially a rookie year. And uh, we probably should talk a little bit about his extension. I, I think oh, yeah. um, so he's getting paid over $7 million a year. Um, last year's not guaranteed. It's front loaded. Um, and then he goes out there and he lays a goose egg. Are we dealing with the next turgaloo here? What, what's, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see how it could be viewed as anything but a good deal, right? You have, mm-hmm. uh, is he 24 now? Yeah, yeah, he's 24. So you have a 24-year-old wing. He averaged 14 points a game last year. He shows, you know, he, he's okay at a lot of stuff. He, he makes some okay reads. 
handles the ball all right. I think if they had another high-level wing, I, I think he would really pop next to him. Um, I agree. And, and maybe that's, you know, if, if Garland gets to be an elite penetrator or if, um, you know, you really get something elite going. Like, they, they did some really good things against Indiana. I don't think they ran an elite offense against Indiana. Mm-hmm. So, I think once you get that top-level person, Jetty's a good guy to fill in the blank. You know, is he kind of in a shooting guard? Is he – you know, the three to a guy like LeBron who offensively would play the four. Um, and I think his ability as a kind of secondary off-the-ball cutter, playmaker, spot-up shooter, for only $7 million is a steal. And right. That, he, that's the thing. He's being paid like a seventh or eighth man, which is, I think, if this, you're building a winning team, that's where he slots in. But right. he's someone that fits this Bayline system. He's kind of like the small forward version of Tristan Thompson where he makes those off-ball plays, and even when he's not scoring, he's making an impact. He can shoot. Um, and He had maybe the worst three minutes of basketball I've ever seen him play against the Magic. Oh, my it God. Was, yeah. It was so I mean, you know what I'm talking about. He started off real well. I think it was like the beginning of the second half. He had like three plays in a row. He he missed that pass. The shot. It, it was two missed Garland. threes and a, a terrible turnover where he left his feet in the lane. Yeah. 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 I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, so especially after such has, a good first half. <laughs> right, and so so he has stuff to work through, but that's another sign of, hey, man, you have the ball, you know, a little too much, um, and and that's constantly, I think, especially through last season, kind of been the the hiccup with him. You know, it's. He was playing the four, and he wasn't comfortable, and it's not the right position. So he's at the three, and he has the ball too much, and he's not playing real well. And then Kevin comes back. Colin is a lot more assertive, and he's knocked down to that third kind of ball handler spot, and he looks a whole lot better, you know, playing off of Brandon Knight, playing off of Jordan Clarkson, playing off Tom. You know, that guy that is not your primary handler is is the best version of him. Mm-hmm. And first. $7 million, if you are at the top of the draft and there's a small forward, you can still draft a guy. If you can, oh. you know, if you have the opportunity to sign a good wing, you're not going to not do it because you don't want to commit too much to the position because Jetty's only making $7 million bucks. Yeah, this, this contract doesn't – this contract says we don't view him as a long-term starter, but we want him to be part of the team. We're, like, we view him as a part of the rotation. Like, that, right. that's, that's what $7 million is. And I, I think that's the right thing, especially for a guy that does – again, he wants to be here. He's loved within the locker room. All his teammates like him. Um, I, I do think he, even if you're subbing him out a little early and playing him with the second unit, he's someone that can actually go out there with basketball IQ. And uh, when you do have Kevin Porter Jr., who's young and figuring things out, and Jordan Clarkson, who's offensively minded, I think him and Nance could be kind of a stabilizing force with that second unit. So um, I – I, I don't see that any way that this contract really goes out there and bites them in the ass. Um, it, it's not like the Norman Powell deal where he had showed absolutely nothing outside of like a playoff series. And they went say, well, and they gave him $12 million dollars and he's really only regressed since then. Like even if Jetty, the, the problem with Jetty is last year's numbers were great, but he didn't play like his averages often. Um, he had the first half of the year where he was dealing with some back issues and it really wasn't playing well. And then from January on, he was great. If he's just his averages from last year, that contract is an absolute no-brain deal. Like, that's perfect. But uh, he, he does have the potential, and he's shown that he can play even better than that. 
All right, guys, we're going to get back to the podcast with Ryan Morton in just a second. But first, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors. If the Cavs are able to go out there and look fantastic, then why can't you? That's why our guys at Harry's have you covered. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't use flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on what, on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide, and it comes at a low price. I mean, I, I still got this nasty beard, but it helps it helps me uh, clean up the sides. And, and to me, that makes a big difference. So do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. It's super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a free refund. Listeners of the show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blaze Five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. This podcast is also brought to you by ShipStation. The holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship your orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders or decide which shipping carrier to use? Or if you're getting the best rates, luckily ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing your orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just use ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com and offer code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. And now, back to the pod with more. Right. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer and it's nice that the Cavs, man, sorry, I'm looking at standings. I'm, I'm really glad you weren't looking at Instagram. I was very concerned for a second there. (laughs) If if that just derailed the damn podcast, that, that would have been a little (laughs) concerning. (laughs) No, I was, um, I was trying to confirm. So there are only six winless teams. So, and here's the thing, you know, the Pacers don't have a single win. So maybe the Cavs did beat a bad team. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, there's only two winless teams in the East, the Pacers and the Knicks. Uh, there are four winless teams in the West. The Grizzlies, obviously, they're tanking. 
the Kings and the Pelicans and the Warriors. So all of the teams that don't have a win are exactly who you expect. But still, I was, you know, kind of taken aback. Um, well, the Pacers are surprising, sorry. But mm-hmm. I was still a little taken aback to see that. Um, yeah. We're, we're in for a tough one um, against Milwaukee. I think that has the potential to get ugly. Um, it also has real, real sweet moral win uh, potential. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. we, we might go out there and, you know, uh, we're, we're down 15 a lot of the game, but we cut it to eight late and show resilience. I, I'll, I'll eat that right up. Um, the, the one thing before we wrap this up, the one thing we do need to talk about is John Henson. Um, <laughs> made a debut, looked good, and now he's missing two to four weeks with a strained right hamstring. Um, this bums me out because I, I think he actually really stabilizes the rotation. Because right. the Cavs are just not playing Larry Nance at the five anymore, and he seems to be really, really happy with that. Uh, so he's really our only backup center, and this probably well, means Ke- you know, it probably means Kevin me. Love subs out a little earlier and plays the five with the second unit because that's what they did against Orlando, which which sucks because as we mentioned, the starting lineup has looked really good together. Right? Yeah. No. And that's definitely you know was one of the keys to the Pacers game is that not only did Henson play pretty well. Um, he let Kevin and Tristan play tons of minutes together while Henson and Nance, you know, did a good job in the second unit. So, um, and Zizich, I think is still, he's way out, right? Didn't, isn't he missing like a month I, now? I have no idea what the deal is with him. They or, announced, no, didn't they announce something with him? I thought. Uh, he just had like foot surgery or something. I thought. Did he? Jesus. He had a. You keep talking chance. while I look it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I was also making it up. But, okay, well, um, that's very helpful. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, the one way or another, not they're not playing anti Zinich, so that's you know kind of what it is. And <laughs> after that, you don't really have anybody. They have Cook, but can't see them, you know, playing him. No, that that would be a surprise. I think it just means more love at the five with the second unit, which, I mean, it is what well, it is. I'm, I'm just trying to think of ways, you know, to get, get around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I don't think they uh, they exist. And, you know, that that's going to burn you against Milwaukee, but uh, hopefully I, I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue against Chicago. I'm really looking forward to that Chicago team because it, it's uh, we're, we're due to play a bad team. Then – after that, we got the uh, the games I'm in Cleveland for, which I'm also really looking forward to. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be uh, Luca and Kristaps. And I don't know who the hell else they play. I don't really look uh, at they the play, They play Boston. So I, who's even on Boston? Is there anyone worth watching? Um, uh, man. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I lost my mind when uh, the report came out that Taco Fall got a concussion walking into a low ceiling, and our boy Ziggy tweeted out that he walked right into Jalen Brown. <laughs> hey, man. He looked better than a different... Uh, I mean, you know, Jason Tatum's only 19, so... Yeah. yeah. Still, he's on his fourth year of being 19, but he's, uh, you know... Eventually, rubber meets the road there. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, um, I mean, Henson being hurt sucks, but hopefully uh, our other bigs can, can stay healthy for a while because well, um, there's so, so much more fun when Tristan, right. Love, and Nance are healthy. I, I love the, that, those three as a tandem, and 
Um, I know I don't everyone think people can be a tandem, but that's not important. No, okay. Um, yeah, whatever. As a trio, as a triangle, whatever you want to call them. I, 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 I like seeing them playing well together. And I just, I, I hate looking at Twitter and seeing our boy chops every time a Kaz veteran plays well, just, Oh, I can't wait to get a pick for them. And no, 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 you don't want that. You, you, you want better in your life. Enjoy it while no, it lasts. Even, even if it, even if the days aren't numbered, enjoy it while it lasts. Right. In his defense, uh, there are a lot of people that do that. And it's like infuriating, not infuriating, but it's annoying. You know, mm-hmm. my fan, this player I like is having a great game. Um, and you know, someone will text me. They'll be like, do you think the price on Tristan is going up? Man, go away. Like, leave me alone. I, I blame um, fantasy sports. <laughs> like, right. Because that's exactly what it is. It's, oh, my God, I don't know if this is sustainable. Let's uh, let's sell high on this guy. Right. So, you know, um, and that's – that hypocritically is kind of part of the bummer on Henson mm-hmm. is you want him to play well for, for two reasons. One, he's been hurt and he's always hurt. So it would be nice to see him get some happiness from being on the court. Um, you hate to see guys that, you know, can't even, uh, play, but the other point and part of that is clearly he is not somebody that can be around long-term. The Cavs just have too many pieces at, at, at center for that. So he's someone that you would be looking to move in February and mm-hmm. you want him to play well, you know, f- to be able to, to facilitate that. So, um, bummer on a couple, you know, on a couple fronts with him. At least three, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no kidding. Do you, do you uh, do you predict an upset against Milwaukee? Do you want to go out on that limb? No. <laughs> Me no, either. They, I'm, yeah, I'm terrified played, of them, man. I'm absolutely terrified of that. They played great. And the, and the other part of that is, is there was a really emotionally charged game. Um, you know, you had all all the stuff about you know for Fred in the middle of that. So um, you had your home opener. You're you're on a high for that. You're um, you have the, the various Fred tributes throughout the day and, and throughout the game, and you're on a high from that. So I'm still hedging. They've looked good, but I still want to hedge just because it's a long season and, you know, Giannis just crushes people. Mm-hmm. Is there, um, out, of, out of what you've seen from Garland, the thing I'm very curious about is as he gets more comfortable, because – He's actually in a similar boat to Henson where neither of them had really played games since November of last year. I think as Garland gets more comfortable, he's, he's going to start pulling a little bit more. And, and maybe that's where we start to see the first kind of signs of the friction between him and Sexton. I, I do love that they seem invested in each other playing well and, and they, right. they do seem to have good chemistry. But well, I'm, I'm, I'm really have... looking forward to Garland pulling because I, I think he's kind of left a few opportunities on the table. And I think the Cavs offense is going to find another gear when, when he's really being assertive offensively, kind of making the right play. And then you have Sexton as that change of pace back almost going out there and just making things happen. And and here's the thing, right? Like, and this maybe should have given Larry Drew more credit for it. It's not a huge change of pace from what Colin's been doing. Like he got major minutes with Jordan Clarkson and Brandon Knight. Right. So when when he was playing well last year down the stretch, it was by increasing his off-ball opportunities and and going out there and kind of playing the role that they have envisioned for him now. And uh, I know a lot of people um, made a big deal out of him saying, "Well, no, I'm uh, 
I'm not playing shooting guard. But he, he's saying now that he's he's a combo guard, which is exactly what he is. He's right. he's kind of almost in that Delonte West type role there. And, and how could you even get upset? I mean, listen, you know, one of the things that, that is great, and he's an incredibly nice, incredibly positive kid. Like, you know, he didn't complain a single word about – I've never seen a single complaint from him, a sign of a bad attitude, you know, getting mad at a coach, complaining that, you know, he's playing with guys that like to shoot the ball a lot. Um, so I, I don't see any potential for friction. I mean, maybe when it comes contract time, that's the, the thing that really harms people is mm-hmm. when they think they're playing for big money, yeah. but you know, especially in the early goings and especially so far in Colin's career in that one year, he's played with a lot of ball hogs and he's, <laughs> he hasn't said a word about any of them. Yeah. I, I think, uh, playing with Garland is going to make things a little easier for him versus some of the other guards he's had. Um, I, I, I don't think there's there's very few players that I would enjoy being wrong about more than Sexton. Like he shut me up a lot in his rookie year, and like my biggest concern coming in was that he was a point guard that wasn't able to shoot, um, that he didn't have that three point range, and I just didn't want to become one of those fan bases that's rooting for a point guard that you know he plays good defense, he he goes out there, he passes for everyone. Sure, he can't shoot the three, but you know what, like. I, I didn't want to be a wizard fan. I, I just I didn't away, want that. Take away offense, he's probably like you know an, a top three all around point guard. Like you know not not like the shooting um, or or the dribbling so much, but like all around, he does some chase down blocks. Yeah, um, you know Kyrie scores a lot, but you know Ricky Rubio just goes out there and he does he makes the right plays. He's he gets the the offense into their sets, you know. Right. Yeah. I didn't want no. to be that. I didn't want to be that. And the fact that Gar- like I watching Sexton now, every time he has an open three point shot, I expect it to go in and it goes in. Like he is legitimately a knockdown shooter and that work ethic. I don't know I don't know how you don't get one over by that. Right. And he's just such a nice guy. Like he he's excited about playing with another point guard. I think his attitude towards Garland has been great. Um, and I think that's pretty inspiring as far as like his long-term potential and, and his, but he, again, you know, we're back to him changing his game because the veterans on the team and the coaching staff were yelling at him. You know, you mm-hmm. see so many young players just kind of retreat from that and break in half and they want out of that organization, um, instead of responding to that. So I think that's an amazing sign right there. Uh, and, and I, you know, it's just great. Mm-hmm. I, what I really like about this team, so last year to start the season, even though the Cavs lost the, those games to Toronto and Minnesota, they were playing with a lot of energy out there, and I, I thought they were doing some nice things. And then you had that kind of mutiny where the, the vets got upset, Ty Lue ended up getting fired, and it just kind of changed the complexion of the season. Kevin Love had surgery. This team right now, it's pretty damn clear that they think they're better than consensus. And you know what? To me, that's fun. I, I like that they're going out there. They're playing with an edge. Um, they might be wrong, but we might be wrong. They might be better than we expect. Even, shit, actually, that Indiana team's a good example because everyone a couple of years ago had them just penciled in as one of the worst teams in the league, and they made playoffs. And I, I'm not necessarily suggesting that this Cavs team is going to make playoffs. I still feel pretty good about my prediction of 27 wins because I thought that was optimistic and that was probably higher than consensus. But 
I think they have the, the right to go out there and uh, try to prove everyone wrong. I mean, why, why not, right? Yeah, and they have, you know, they look like they, they have a lot of guys that enjoy being around each other, um, which is an important element of that. If you're going to be a bad team, you need to enjoy each other. Exactly. So, and, and that's, you know, another one of those moments. You had a lot of young guys. You got a lot of old guys that seem to enjoy teaching them the game. And you got guys like, you know, Brandon Knight, Jordan Clarkson, who just seem to be content with whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a good mix. Exactly. I, I mean, if that belief leads to them just playing good team basketball and going out there and making the right decisions, who are we to tell them that, uh, that, that they're not as good as they think they are? Right. Or that, you know, hey, it's, it's nice that you guys are all coming together. <laughs> but one of you <laughs> could be a potential 17th overall pick. And I kind of want one of those. Um, <laughs> man it's it's so funny it it just imagine going up to them and being like "Mm, yeah you guys are still playing as a top five defense but none of you really are good defenders so can you just uh, just give up on that end man if the Cavs get a bunch of really good players in the next three years you're gonna be 34 and we cannot (laughs) have that so, oh, that's what the worst thing. Oh, speaking of defense, I mean, we're—I don't think we're going to be a good defense by the end of the year. No, 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 no. But they're trying but hard. They are trying hard. Um, Sexton somewhat... not being completely god awful is nice. Yeah. But at if the same have, time, they seem to know what they're doing continuity. out there. And I just want to say, I'm not missing Mike Longabardi. Who's going to be honest? Yet. You have J.B. Bickerstaff, an actual NBA quality defensive coach that's coached good defenses in like seven different settings. Um, and I think also just having vets that understand what they're doing. Like, um, even yeah, though they're, even though, yeah, even though Kevin Love's not a, a great defensive player, I mean, at the four, he knows what he's doing, and it's only certain matchups where he can kind of get exploited. Tristan's a good defender. Um, and as I said earlier, they only played nine games together last year. So I, well, and that's another, you know, another uh, to draw it back to why you don't trade these guys for the millionth time um, is because they've played point of attack, pick and roll coverage successfully. I mean, they've, they've played everybody and they've played them well, you know, varying degrees of well. Kevin obviously is not as good a pick and roll defender as Tristan Thompson, but they both played championship quality pick and roll defense. Mm-hmm. Okay evidenced by their championship um and so you know you that that's the hardest thing for a young guard to learn is is switching and pick and rolls and you know that that combination defense um back picks all all that stuff that you see where you need to be communicating with your teammates is is the worst part of defense for a point guard and Mm -hmm. having two guys that have have flowed so successfully together for now this is your six or is this? Yeah. Yeah. This is your six. Last year's your five. Um, I think that's, that's crazy, really important, by the way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's important to have, and now Jetty's been with them for year three and he played, you know, with them a decent amount last year. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's important as you integrate these two young guards that you have these guys that are familiar, that you have these guys that are, you know, able to, to kind of pull, the newer people into the the comfort level they already have. Um, the alternative there is, you know, you have Draymond Green and Golden State, very good player, 
nobody else there knows how to defend. So, right. you know, I mean, it's, it's an absolute train wreck. And, and we were trolling them earlier. This isn't even a troll. This is just an observation that their defense with all these different guys, they're giving Marquis Chris minutes for a reason. Um, <laughs> they started him at the five. Yeah. Like, you know, and that doesn't help your guys. There are not going to be any Steph Curry as a sneaky good defender articles this year because Marquise Chris doesn't know how to defend anything. So even if Steph was a good defender, he'd be working with a guy that has no clue what to do with a pick and roll. And having oh, I'm going to enjoy when the RPM rankings come out this oh, year. Oh, buddy. Oh. Did, uh, did Steph uh, become a worse defender, or does he just not have great defenders around him and all defensive metrics are just working backwards from team stats? Man. Cause for concern? Raise the alarm? Is he, uh, is he one of those dreaded one-sided players? <gasps> Oh my God! Can you win with a one-sided point guard, Mark? Oh, I think we, uh, I think we need to have a dialogue. But uh, <laughs> you know what, Mark? Thank you, thank you so much for filling in. This was a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, we we get to uh, make fun of the Warriors a little bit more this year. I have a feeling that that team is going to be buns. Um, hopefully, the Cavs continue to. Um, at least they. Uh, hopefully, they can be you know competitive. Go out there Darius, and look Darius good. Garland has a win. And Steph Curry does not. So maybe Steph is not much is enough of a passer. You know, if he got more players involved, they're young players, maybe they'd be a little better. I don't know. I, I mean, he, he's putting up stats, but he, I don't know if he's necessarily putting up winning numbers, you know. That's yeah, uh, yeah. it's a bit of a concern. Yeah. And I mean, not a, not everyone is Colin Sexton. Not everyone can shoot 40% from three when your teammates are Marquise Chris and Alec Burks. But yeah, um, no. yeah you hate to see it. You just absolutely hate to see it. Well, Mort, thank you so much for filling in for Carter, that that fake fan Carter. Um, it's not, it's nice to talk hoops with, with someone that actually goes out there and watches the games. Um, Want to thank all our listeners as well. You guys have been really, really awesome with the support, uh, sending in nice emails, feedback. Uh, we've got more people joining the Discord, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so if you want to support the show, you can go out and leave a rating, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of our exclusive Discord chat where you can go in there, talk Cavs, and whatever you really feel like talking about, uh, just send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to send you a link. Uh, so we will be back later on this week uh, talking with Ty Windish. We're going to recap the Bucks game and, and talk about what's going on throughout the league. And then I'm heading to Cleveland. So if you want to bug me while I'm in town uh, from Saturday to Wednesday, go ahead, hit me up on Twitter, and uh, I'm sure I'll be out drunk in your city. Uh, So thanks again, Mort. And until next time, go Cavs. You.